0: Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. With our missions conference coming up in just a week and a half, I want to take a little time and talk about faith promise. So, to think about faith promise as missions or missions in general, a good question to ask ourselves is, why? What is the purpose? Why do we give the faith promise? Um, well, the goal is, or the purpose is, to evangelize, to plant churches. You know, to fulfill the Great Commission as given to us in Matthew 28, Luke 24, uh, Mark 16, John 20, I think it is in Acts chapter 1. Um, but as we think about those things, there's a couple of things we want to focus on first. First of all, the principle of ownership. In Psalm 24, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it, upon the floods so the earth is the lord's In 1 Corinthians 10:26 again Paul quotes that verse or that passage and he says in 1 Corinthians 10:26 that the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof so as we begin talking about faith promise missions we need to understand god owns everything He made it that includes us that includes everything that we possess you know there really isn't isn't anything new in the world it's just we make things out of things that are here out of things that God made you know when I make something I make it out of things that God made and you as well so God owns everything So, there's a principle here of ownership. Uh, Secondly, there's a principle of stewardship. And, you know, we are entrusted as God's people. We've been entrusted with what God has made. And he expects us to deal with it wisely. To be good stewards of it. Uh, 1 Peter 4, and we'll get to 2 Corinthians 8 in a minute. But 1 Peter 4 and verse 10... 1 Peter four and verse 10, this thing seems to be a little close or something. Uh, Peter says, "As every man hath received the gift, and I think the gift there he's talking is the gift of grace, spoken of in I uh, went uh, uh, up further in the chapter, anyway, the gift of the, the gift of God, the gift of the grace of God through salvation. But as every man hath received a gift, even so many are the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold gift of God. So we are then stewards of what God has given us. After all, it isn't ours. It's what God has given to us. If we understand that God owns everything that includes us, then we would have a right understanding of the fact that the things that God gives to us, uh, possessions, you know, our health, uh, minds, uh, our voices, uh, you know, all the things that God has given to us, we are to use wisely to bring glory to him. You know, a steward, a steward is one who simply is a minister of another man's affairs. You know, Joseph was Potiphar's steward. That means he took care, or he oversaw, or he managed everything that was Potiphar's. In fact, the Bible says Potiphar didn't even know what he had other than the bread that he ate. And the only thing that was kept from Joseph's oversight was his wife, Potiphar's wife. So, So he dealt wisely, and of course Joseph was a wise steward. He dealt wisely with everything that Potiphar had. And God wants us to be good stewards. Uh, in fact, First Corinthians four, I think it's verse one, says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. He's talking specifically there about ministers of the gospel. Well, in a sense, we're all ministers of the gospel, and that's what missions is about. So we are to be wise stewards. The third principle is one of partnership, and. To me, this is, this demonstrates to me that God has an interest in me. Because the reality is that as God's children, we are God's partners in this life. And in getting out the gospel. And so we have a primary obligation because of that. Uh, In Luke chapter 5, and verse 7, remember when when uh, uh, there were, Jesus was preaching to a crowd on the shore, and, and they were, he was pressed, and so he, he got into a boat and preached from the boat. And then he said, launch out into the deep. And that's when Peter said, Lord, we've toiled all night and cut nothing, but nevertheless thy word, you know. So they let down that, and they caught a great bunch of fishes. And, and, and so he beckoned to their partners, partners to come help them, Then verse 1011, Jesus said to them, You follow me, and ye shall catch men. And they forsook all. And really, they became partners with the Lord Jesus Christ in his ministry while he was here on earth. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, Paul said this we are co laborers together with God. Again, the idea is, like, we're in in this together. You know, what's required? Think about this. What's required for a soul to get saved? Well, we just need to hear us preach the gospel, and they'll just automatically get saved. Uh, No. It's required that the Lord bring conviction, the Spirit of God, through the Spirit of God. It's, you know, so, so we have to work together with the Spirit of God that convicts men of their sin and righteousness and judgment to come. So there's a partnership there. And so we understand that there, there is a partner. God wants to partner with you and I. You know, it is God's desire to reach the whole world. God's not willing that any should perish but it all comes to pens. First Peter 5, first Peter Three, second Peter three nine says, um, but he has he has you might say in a sense limited himself to the use of man to bre- spread the gospel around the world. Well, it's you know it has been shown and demonstrated. Somebody said, well, you know, why did he, why don't he just you know, well, like uh, the the rich or the um, the rich man in hell said send lazarus in other words send somebody from the dead and they will believe so why doesn't god just use miracles he could and then people would believe okay if that is true why didn't all the pharisees get saved and all the sadducees get saved and all the jews in jesus day get saved see men won't get saved because they see miracles It's the way is that they hear the gospel from people like you and me. And also they see the gospel from people like you and me. In Matthew, or not Matthew, Psalm 40 says, many shall see it and fear and trust the Lord. So God has partnered together with you and I to get the gospel all the world. We're, it's a partnership. God desires to use you and I. And He has chosen to use that. You know, anytime you see somebody getting saved in the Bible, it's some man talking to them. Peter preaching. Philip going to the eunuch. Peter going to Cornelius. You know, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's, it's, it's the way God has ordained it, and the way it works. Uh, and the way man receives it. There's also a principle of responsibility. You know, we have a worldwide worldwide mission command. And of course in Matthew 28, he says you're to go into all the world. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come, on, come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And the only way that you and I can go into both, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world, of the earth, is through missions giving. It's the only way we can do it. And so, that's why what we have called Faith Promise Missions. Um, It's really a plan, a finance, to get the gospel from here into other parts of the world. And again, the goal of it is evangelizing and planting churches. You know, that's, re- that's really the same, one and the same. Uh, it, you know, that's the purpose of evangelizing, evangelization is to plant churches, start churches. So that's his program. Now, you know, so there's a couple things about that. You know, it's not a cash offering. Somebody said it's not a cash offering. In other words, you know, was, as we were, my wife and I were at church some time ago, and, and they had a, it was at, they were having a missions conference, and and there was a uh, group there from a children's home, and the pastor got an offering plate and set it on a communion table, and he said, "Now let's fill it up." And so people started coming up and put money in it for the for the children's home. That was a cash offering. That was a cash. You know, it was a one-time thing. It was a cash offering. You know, we have we have at different times done you know a one-time offering. Not very often we do that, but. We have done it in the past uh, for certain purposes. No, it's not a one-time cash offering. It is trusting God and giving something each week or each month, whatever time period you determine. But it is a consistent giving. It's not a tithe. Uh, Malachi 3.10 says the tithe is the Lord's. It is his. It's what we owe him. Um, and and we we know very clearly from Malachi chapter 3 that if a man don't tithe, he is a what? He's a thief. He said, the tithe is mine. So it's not the tithe. We're not talking about a tithe here. Uh, It's not even a pledge. Uh, These are kind of, you know, uh, but a pledge is between men and men. This is a promise between man and God. You're not making a pledge to me that you'll give so much to the church so that we can give it to the missions. No, you're making a promise to it's a promise to God. It's a promise to God. So So as we think about this, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 5 says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in great trial affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abandoned unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should re- would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord unto us by the will of God. And so here, you know, Paul uses an example of the churches of Macedonia. And we know that you know so he's referring to more than one church, but there was one particular church that is mentioned later on that is in Macedonia. And of course, that was a church at Philippi. And we'll look at that a little bit later. But but these churches he uses it as an example of giving uh a what we would, we call today faith promise. Uh it was a gift of faith. Again, in verse 3, it says. Verses one through three. More of a brother, we do with the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, abounded under the riches of their liberality, who to their power I bear record. Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. So this was this obvious here. This was something they gave in faith. They gave it out of their poverty. It wasn't something they said. Well, you know, I, you know that uh, you know. In their church, John said, "Well, I have an extra twenty dollars this month," and Jack said, "Well, I have an extra hundred dollars this month," and Jolene said, "I have an extra fifty dollars," and and so on. No, it wasn't extra. It was out of their poverty. They 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 sacrificed to give it. They gave it believing that God would, that God desired them to give it and that God would supply their need. So it was a gift of faith. A gift of faith. And of course, it was given for missionary outreach, it was given to Paul. And Paul was a missionary. He was. He was a church planter. He was what we would call today a pioneer missionary. Um, you know, like going where no one else has ever gone before. That's what Paul liked to do. So like the Shaw's going to Greenland. No, ever, never been a Baptist missionary. Never been a missionary there, period, I don't think. Um, and so that's, you know, he was a pioneer missionary. And Paul said, praying us with much entreaty, verse 4, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So, so it was a gift. They gave it for a missionary after. It was a gift. Again, it was not the tithe. Tithing is not a gift. If you give your tithe, you can't really say, I gave something to the Lord. Because it is his. He said, it is mine. You haven't really given if you only tithe. You're just giving God what is his somebody said, if you don't give it, he has ways of taking it. Um, I remember we were in, trying to remember where we were, and there was this older preacher, and he got this preaching on tithing, and he said the, uh, the old, 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 old preachers used to say that Deacon so-and-so is in the hospital getting his tithes cut out. God has a way of taking your tithe if you don't give it to him. It is his. You can't rob God and get away with it. Um, you know, it's a gift. You know, just like salvation is a gift, and of course, it requires faith. It was it was an act of faith, of dependence upon the Lord. And they gave, you know, they gave it out of a love for God. Verse eight: I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. So. You know, these people gave out of their love for the Lord. It was a gift given out of love. And so, you know, again, these were things that were practiced. This wasn't just the church at Philippi, because notice it says here the churches of Macedonia. The the only one we know of for sure that's written about is Philippi. But there were evidently other churches. You know, you think about it. I was looking at this today. Uh, When Paul went, on his second missionary journey, you know he went. You know, you know we don't know who started the seven churches in Asia, or in Revelation chapter seven. But Paul went around them. His missionary journeys took us, took him all around them. He never mentioned those. He mentions Laodicea and Ephesus, but he didn't mention the other ones. But, but you know there were churches in that area, and so you know we don't know which, how many, or which ones. But they gave these churches in, in the area of Macedonia gave out of love for the Lord. Uh, and so, this, this was, he was writing this to Corinth to challenge them to do likewise. And because they had made a commitment. If you notice in chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was yet a year ago, and your zeal has provoked very many. So, you know, the Bible here tells us that the church at Corinth had made a commitment that they were going to help. And you know, this this offering that he's gathering was for the churches in Jerusalem that were going through a famine and severe persecution, and and, uh, and of course the one that he was given from the churches of Macedonia, he had received for his, for his evangelistic work, but they were also gathering this offering for the brethren at Jerusalem, and he said, you had made a commitment now, and you know that's what we need to do. We need to make a commitment. Faith promise requires of us, or asks of us, a commitment to the Lord. And it, again, it's an act of faith. Uh, chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able... This is where faith comes in. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And then verse 10 says... Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So it is a it's a it's a gift of faith sufficiency to fulfill our promise to the Lord, believing that He is able to make all grace abound to us, and so. Paul is challenging them to give it by faith. Uh, and it is, it is for the, you know, again, it is for the service of the gospel. Notice verse 12. For the administration, chapter 9, verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experience of this administration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. So
1: so it is,
0: you know, the purpose of faith promise is not uh for man. You know, we give it to people. But that's not why we give it. People is not why we give it. It's so they can preach the gospel. You know, our missions giving is for one purpose. We don't give to the local library. No. And we don't give to social causes. Now, are social causes wrong? Not all of them. But that's not our purpose. That's not the purpose of missions. The purpose of missions is the planting of churches, the spreading of the gospel. You know there are many people who call themselves missionaries that go to foreign fields to teach people how to plant corn to make a living. There was a man in the valley there where, and I never met him. I guess he's. I think he's with the Lord now. But anyway, he he was he was uh, brought up in one of the Mennonite churches that the Mennonite church that I went to as a kid fellowshipped with and he I believe the man was truly saved Uh, but anyway he he, he thought the Lord wanted him to go to the mission field he wanted to go to, to New Guinea so he went to Mennonite Central Committee which is the mission agency of that Mennonite fellowship and told them what his plan was what he wanted to do and they asked him what's your plan when you get to the field he said it's to preach the gospel and they would not send him because you have no business interfering with other people's religions you need to teach them how to read and write and you know how to you know to get educated and, and how to um, uh, learn to to farm and you know all these kind of things and so they said, you know, that's that's why we sent to do social work. That's what you need to do. He said, no, thank you. And he went with New Tribes Mission, which back in those days was not as liberal as it is now. But but anyway, and he and he actually was one that I know some Baptist missionary used a course that starts in Genesis with creation, which which I've heard people say is pretty good. Anyway, him and another guy wrote this. But it starts in Genesis, and it talks about the creation of man, and then ends with salvation. But you see, that's, that's, why, that's, that's why some people, quote, send missionaries. They're not missionaries, they're social workers. You know, we have no interest in that, as far as giving money to do that. No, our purpose is to preach the gospel. See, it's to get the gospel of the kingdom of God into those places that haven't heard. To those people that haven't heard. And that ought to be our purpose. It is for the service of the gospel. That's it. So it's not about who is it. It's about what is it. And we don't support people because they're our friends. In the ministry. We support them because we can fellowship or work together with the same kind of belief. And so um, that's why we screen our missionaries. I get a lot of missionary calls. But I don't have many because uh, for that very reason. So so it is for the service of the gospel. Uh, You know, we have the example, of course, of the church at Philippi. If you go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And this was one of those churches of Macedonia. So when you think about partnering together, here's a church that partnered with Paul in mission outreach. Uh, Verse 10. But I rejoice. Philippians 4.10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, the word communicate has the meaning of giving. It's not, you know, it's not what I'm doing tonight. That's not how the word's used here. It's talking about giving, as we can see. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your count. Uh, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So they had partners. So these, this church at Philippi and the churches, the other churches in Macedonia were partnering with Paul. They were really fellowshipping together and giving and partnering with him to take the gospel to these other places. You know, Paul left Philippi. He went to, I think there was a, a couple of Apollo-somethings in between on his journey, and the next place he got to, you know, one, two, three, the fourth step from uh, from, from city, from, uh, uh, if you look at a map of where he went, from Philippi was Thessalonica. And they sent, they were already ascending when he got to Thessalonica. So very quickly, they began to partner with him and support him, his ministry, so he could preach the gospel. And of course, he, this, and he says here, "This resulted in fruit to their account." Notice again verse 17, "Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account." You know, everything that you give in faith' promise to, 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 to go to Brother Francis, to Brother Jones, to Brother Shaw, to Brother Forney. To Brother Mitchell is fruit that abounds to not just their account, but your account. Your account. You know, it it is really you obeying Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most part of the world. It's fulfilling that command God gives you. And you don't have to, without going to Taiwan, without going to Russia, I know all of you are dying just waiting to go to to, to Siberia, you know, um, or Greenland, where well, there is nothing, you know, um, godforsaken place on the earth, um, a big ice cube. That's about what it is, isn't it? But but anyway, but there's people there that need the gospel. Uh, so this revol- results in fruit that abounds to your account, and and in doing so, they trusted God to supply their need. Notice verse, verse 19. But God shall supply it. This is the promise that Paul gives them by inspiration. But God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Remember, God owns everything. And God has promised to supply our needs when we obey him. He's promised to take care of us. He is our heavenly father, just like my father took care of me. He, he, he's, he's, you know. Sometimes I wondered if, you know, if he was going to buy me a pair of shoes when it came fall, but it always, they always showed up. Well, he'd always say, "Boys, let's go to Shem Swory's tonight." Well, Shem Swory was the Amish man that was a distant relative of his that had a shoe shop. So, you know, you know, when I, of course, you know, when I was a little kid, we'd go barefoot all summer long. We didn't, we didn't have. Work shoes then. But, you know, come fall, it started getting a little chilly. He'd say, boys, let's go to Shem's Warriors tonight. He's going to get his shoes. See, God will supply all our needs. Of course, we see examples of this in the Old Testament. Uh, Hannah with Samuel. You know, think about it. Hannah giving Samuel required that Hannah first give herself the Lord and trust in God. Hannah trusted God with her son. And it, you know, this is kind of mind-boggling to me. She left him with Eli, who had two sons that were sons of Belial, who, who took who stole offerings from the people. And they were the guys that were working at Temple, But Hannah trusted that God, despite Eli and Hophni and Phineas, despite all that, that God would take care of Samuel. And he did. She made a promise to him. If you give me a man-child, I'll give him to you all the days of his life. You know, we need to do that with our children. We need to give them to God to do whatever. Don't put limitations on it. Do whatever with them all the days of their life. And that's what we need to do with our money. We need to do that with our money. Um, With our giving. You know, of course, Abraham trusted God with Isaac. He committed Isaac to God, believing that God would fulfill his promise that he would raise him back up from the dead. So, so, faith promise then involves faith. It involves faith. Of course, Hebrews tells us in Hebrews eleven six 6, that without faith it's impossible to please him. But, you know, you know, we are saved by faith. We are to live by faith. We are to walk by faith. And we are to give by faith. And again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, he says, Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So God wants us to give in faith, willingly, if you're reluctant, or if, you're, if you are not at peace about it, then you should not give it. I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were talking about this very thing. And he, and he, and he said, you know, if you if you, if if you're giving it, and you don't want to give it, you might as well keep it. I said exactly. Because there's no reward in it. There's no joy in it. God wants a cheerful, that means a joyful giver. That's what pleases Him. Uh, you know, it's sort of like it's sort of like the uh, 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 children. You know, the Bible says, "Children obey your parents and the Lord." Okay, you tell a child. Daniel, go take up the garbage. Okay. And he does it. Did he obey me? Yeah. Did he do it cheerfully? No. But if he said, yes, Dad, it's different. He did it in a honorable way. See, if you don't give it cheerfully, you're not honoring the Lord. You're doing it out of I have to attitude not I want to I want to. Hannah wanted to she wanted to um, so it is a giving by faith. it is a promise it's a, a vow based upon a de- decision you know or a commitment you might say um, you know and think about it. living for the Lord is a commitment. We need to commit ourselves to the Lord. Proverbs, or Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not upon thine understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. It requires a commitment of us. And again, Hannah made a vow or a promise or a commitment to the Lord. Uh, and missions, missions is a Faith Promise Missions is a promise that we're given, making a commitment to partner with others in the gospel. Uh, And again, you know, we partner. And, and, you know, I I appreciate what Brother Francis, when he was doing his deputation, he said, said, I'm looking for churches that I can fellowship with. You know, Bible fellowship is working together. So he was looking for churches that were of like mind of us, that he could partner with, in giving out the gospel. And so that's what missions is. We're 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 making a commitment to partner, uh, in the gospel. And again, it is an it it is an individual responsibility that you and I have. You know, we are responsible as a church. Uh, we're commanded as a church to go into all the world, and so it requires of us of individuals to give so that we can do, or can go, into all the world at the same time. You know, it it encourages a united effort. Again, look at Philippians chapter 4. So what you have here is Paul and the churches of Macedonia partnering together for the gospel's sake. Verse 14, Notwithstanding you have done well that you did communicate with my affliction, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So, so there they were working together. The church, the the, the church of Philippi was partnering together with Paul. It was a united effort. He, they were sending him finances so he could devote his time to giving out the gospel and not making tents all day and all week. Uh, and, of course, it pleases God. Faith, you know, it is an act of faith. We call it faith promise. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. So, and then, you know, we have to understand, you know, how do we make a faith promise commitment? Well, we understand the purpose. And, of course, we understand the purpose is, is to partner with God to get the gospel into places that we will never go, that we can't reach. But yet, God commands us to reach. He says to go both, and so that's our purpose. It's it's not a it's not a you know it's not a program to pay people so that they can live. It's not it. It's to give out the gospel. We're only instruments instruments that God uses to supply this need, and it's our responsibility. It's our privilege to be a part of it think of it it gives uh, you and I the privilege to get the gospel to people in Taiwan, people in Russia people in Greenland uh, the Arctic uh, all the way to Nevada you know now we don't support Brother Teal directly but we did support the people who helped who authorized to send him there so indirectly we had a part in that uh, it is a, uh, it's a decision that we need to make. You know, after we, need to, we need to seek what God's will is for our life. If you look go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 again. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Notice verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So what they did was the will of God. You know this is God's will for us. Now, and all of us can have a part. All of us can do it. I think everybody that's sitting here tonight has a little money. Has a little. You know, some, of course, some of us more than others. You know, the, the the children don't have as much money, but but all of us have a little source. Of some means of making money, so all of us can partner in this. And Paul wrote to them and says, You did this by the will of God. It's God's will for us. Of course, it's a command that He gives us. And we need to personally seek God's leadership to make a decision as to what to give. Uh, again, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So we're to personally, each one of us, seek God's leadership. Married couples work together in this, but, you know, as one. But we're to seek God's leadership as to what we give financially to faith promise. Uh, you know, it, no one else should influence us as to what we give. It's a, as every man purposeth in his heart. Uh, third, we need to understand God's principles of finance as it relate to God in giving. Of course, we, underst- we, we kind of covered this already, that we are stewards. Uh, God desires us to give. God gives promises. that if we give, he will provide our needs this is the only time you can be a liberal. Proverbs 11.25 says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that water shall be watered also himself. You see, if we have a heart to give, and I'm not saying, I'm not even suggesting, you need that you give more than you can. You know, We do need to ask the Lord to help us stretch our Giving to stretch ourselves to push ourselves. But you know, some people there, I heard a preacher one time say he preached a message. Seven things, and I think the title of it, Seven Things the, that Jesus did not ask because the Father Would not Answer. And I remember one of them was this ministers, preachers are not exempt. It was all about preachers. It was at a preacher's conference preachers are not exempt from the laws of finance and he said this preacher that he knew bragged about the fact that if he'd go to a preacher's meeting he'd just put everything he had in his wallet in the offering and God always supplied my need he said yeah it was out of my back pocket you know that's kind of foolish that's that's irrational thinking No, God wants us to really pray and seek his face as to what is a good amount to give. You know, there may be things that we can do so that we can give more. You know, maybe cut out a cup of coffee in the morning or a soda during the day. I remember a lady saying one time, their church, or no? What she did was, she she collected the change that her husband brought home every day from buying little things like coffee, you know, and then the change that was left over. You know how it is. If you're like me, I don't carry change in my wallet, and if I buy something, then I get change and I take it home. When I, well, I have a little jar, I put it in every once in a while. My wife counted. Well, she collected that over a year, and she bought him a new rifle. Uh, you know, it's amazing how much we could save with just the little things we could do. But, but anyway, well, we, but the point is we need to ask God and use wisdom as to how much to give and, and what we should give. You remember that God does love a cheerful giver. We should, we should, give, we, we should give it cheerfully. If you're going to set a figure that's so high and then you regret, I think you better give it at least to the year's out. But if, you have, if you're going to give it grudgingly, don't raise it so high. Give it cheerfully. Um, of course, you know, make your commitment. And once the, once the commitment is made, we need to bring the offering faithfully to the Lord's house for, to give it uh, so that it can be distributed to our missionaries. And so, as we think about this, you know, as we as we pray about what the Lord would have us to give, we can expect God to supply. We use wisdom, but we can expect God to supply. Uh, to the grace to give what we out of what we have, and you know, we may you may need to save money in order to give it, or he may enable you to make more for you to give it. Uh, he may supply for you in a way which he hasn't slid in others. But you know, again, you need to remember the churches of Macedonia gave out of their poverty. They stretched themselves. Uh, and we need to ask the Lord and seek his face as to what he would give, have us give. You know, again, the goal is, the purpose is to extend our outreach beyond Rulesville and this area. You know, partnering with God through people, missionaries, other preachers, that's really what a missionary is, to get the gospel to places where you and I would never go. And it is fruit that will bind to your account. It's a privilege. You know, we, you and I, you know, we all, I I never thought about this until I heard heard, uh, Gary Forney say it. You know, we think missionaries are fulfilling the Great Commission. But the only way you and I can fulfill the Great Commission is if we support missionaries. We need them as much as they need us. It's a partnership. They could not go without us. And so, of course, they could. God would provide some other way, and we'd lose the blessing. So as we prepare, as we consider we're praying about what the Lord would have us give, remember, it is partnering together with God to get the gospel into other parts of the world that you and I will likely never see in fulfilling and, and doing our part to fulfill that commission that he's commanded us to go into all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for and your word tonight. Thank you for the challenge it gives to us and the encouragement that we receive from it to partner with you in getting the gospel around the world. To places that we'll never see. But yet we have a ministry there because we have sent or provided a means for someone else to go. So Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom. Help us to seek your face as to what you would have us do. this coming year as we consider our faith promise commitment. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. We pray in Jesus' name.